Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is a Vencast Studios production. Welcome, welcome to day one of Riding the Pines NBA Playoff Podcast. I am Hondo here with Gee. What is up, Gee? Yo, yo, what up? Oh, man, four amazing games today. Three amazing games. That's the fourth <laughs> one happened. <laughs> the fourth. That, that, that's very, very true. Yeah, yeah. There's so many storylines to go through. It was just like... We got there right at noon to watch the first five hours. I had to take a little bit of break, just rest my eyes for a little bit. But I've come back and I've recapped on everything that's happened. Yeah. We are off and running. You know what? We're just going to we're gonna go right into it. We have to go right into it. There's no other option. So we are going to go right into gameplay. So, so, so we are going to go... Let's let's just start. Let's go right in order here, Gay. Sure. First game, Indiana, Cleveland. Yeah. What's the storyline? What's the storyline of this of the series or of this game? I, I think the storyline of this whole thing, it's it's the it's the play of Paul George. Yeah. With without Paul George, Indiana does not win this series. They do not win games. This was much closer than I expected it to be. The final score being 109-108. Uh, they definitely busted up the spread, so everybody in Vegas is not liking Indiana at this point. Thoughts, major highlights from this game? Yeah, dude, I agree 100% that the, the theme of this series really is Paul George. But if you break it down, it's like the micro-possessions of Paul George. What does he do on every offensive set? Because mm-hmm. if he's not making a play, like they have no chance. And every possession, every other possession without him is a gamble, right? Yeah. So let's just break it down. You know, Paul George, a star, you know, he's going to steal a game, I feel. And this was that game, in my opinion. Yeah. Because you're prepared to an extent. You know, Cleveland's, the storyline of Cleveland was, would they kind of present themselves as the filibuster champions, mm-hmm. you know, or are they still kind of growing into themselves? Paul George and the Pacers are on this tear of like five and one in the last six. And yeah. Lance Stevenson brought the mojo back. Yeah. You know, I just feel like the momentum was swinging in Indiana's favor for yep. this game, this game alone. And and you're and you're probably right. It's probably what's going to happen through the, through the playoffs here. But you're right. If they don't win, they are... They are going to go against a retooled, yeah. rested Cleveland team, and God forbid that happen because yeah. 
I mean, just look look at what Kyrie was already starting to do in this in I this know. game. I know. And like, what's so crazy is that everything that happened in the regular season is done. It's for naught, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't win the the championship, it's kind of irrelevant. You made the playoffs, big whoop. That's Cleveland's mentality. We're now in the playoffs. We need 16 wins to win the fucking championship, right? Yeah. So they're taking this series kind of uh, seriously, but they're also using it to kind of work out the kinks. Yeah. And I said very early on this ser- in this game, quarter one, like five minutes in. Kevin Love got like a, a three-pointer after LeBron drove it all the way and kind of did a cross-court pass. Yeah. The series is going to be a competitive sweep. <laughs> a competitive sweep. That's trademarked by RTP, by the way. They're yeah. back in a rhythm. That's scary, right? Yeah. I mean, really adding Fry here off the bench is just solidification. It's like you already have a a just primetime starter cast but you you add a couple people going off the bench you have Corver going off too i mean jesus it's it's not going to be fair it's not it's not fair to indiana it's not like cleveland will have a game for corver to have 18 points he's not going to have more than 5 a game in every game you know but he'll have a breakout game and that'll be a pivotal moment for him jr smith is more of like you know of canon either way, right? Yeah. You go one way or the other, and you have a reliable insurance in the bench, you know? <laughs> so it's good to hear that, that they're at least coming up with the strategy. It's great to see, you know, LeBron doing his thing, and I think it was even better just as a fan of hating LeBron yeah. to see him travel. Oh like, my God. It was the greatest. My favorite, my favorite play of the entire game, just watching him jump like he was a running back with the ball and getting called and probably ending up with the best LeBron facial expression that I've seen. <laughs> so, I, I love it so much. Um, uh, Irving was really inconsistent. He was very inefficient, but it's just, it's kind of high volume for Irving every game. He's also one of the better passers in this, in the series. So you kind of go through the ebbs and flows with him as well. Mm-hmm. Work out what works. Don't go out of your wheelhouse. You're going to fucking sweep this thing. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. And, and, and Irving ended up with what? 23 points, 11 for 27 from the field. I mean, but he only shot one for nine from three. This could have been... This could have been, you know, kind of spread out. Yeah. Um, but it, it ended up a lot closer than I thought it would. But it will not. It will not be that way. L- let's talk about one stat that you brought up before we started discussing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's they only uh, Cleveland only shot 51% from the free throw line in this game. Yeah, that might be a trend to continue, too. They've been looking awful in the past, like, 10, 12 games yeah. in the regular season, too. So shooting 40% from three kind of outweighs that. So, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it does, it yeah. does, but, like, seriously, you're going to give away all those points in the line? That's not where you need to be giving them away. Just, God, hit it, hit it in practice just a little bit harder so you can get through it. Can we can we talk about a a play that I think is controversial at the end of this game? Oh sure. And that's CJ Miles kind of taking the last shot in this game. That's that's really the storyline that everyone will be talking about, like how Paul George deferred. Yeah. You know, the game that slipped away out of his hands literally. Mhm. Final play, 10 seconds. Like there's a lot of storyline that that built up into this moment. They were up 5 and they kind of gave that away and they kind of had a Jeff Teague turnover, Kyrie Irving steal somewhere, else, two or three steals. Pretty incredible stuff. Not for Indiana. Indiana has the last possession of the game, 10 seconds left. Paul George has a, has a chance to have an inbounds play called for him. 
he waits. <laughs> he waits for the double team to come to him. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't know how to respond to it, even yeah. though he's the star. And he defers to CJ Miles. Who CJ Miles, who's a spot-up three-pointer shooter, yeah. who then goes in like four feet, backs up, cocks back, the, a fadeaway long two. Oh, it was just such a terrible terrible positioning from CJ Miles and he's just he's off balance he's not taking that set shot and it's just like no that and some commentators were saying that was such a good attempt and I'm like it it really isn't it really he was he wasn't square with the basket he was just he was shooting off one leg that if you're gonna take a game winner at least at least square yourself up to yep. to take it. The pressure was on, and he felt the pressure. Like LeBron and I believe it was, um, who was their uh, other star? Um, Richard Jefferson. It was Richard. <laughs> Ooh, who, that who, is getting clipped. Who, who, that is getting who, cut no, up. No, no, no. <laughs> who is their other star, Richard Jefferson? <laughs> <laughs> that that cannot be repeated anytime in this playoffs. Yeah, never saying that again. <laughs> The shit stain, Richard Jefferson, and um, <laughs> Richard Jefferson, <laughs> Richard Jefferson and LeBron James double teaming Paul George. Paul George was in the wrong. He waited too long. He should have split the pers- the double team. Yep. Not pass it to CJ Miles and pulled up a shot for him. Yep. He's embarrassed. He said it didn't go down the way he wanted to go down. Of course, it didn't go down the way it didn't go. You didn't want to go down. You didn't take the shot. You deferred. CJ Miles is supposed to give it back to you? You were double teamed, piece of shit. Like, I was pissed off seeing that. His reaction, his post-game conference was like, I should have had the ball in my hands. Like, you had the fucking ball in your You hands. had the ball. So what was the deal with the actual timeouts? There were no timeouts at the end of that game for Indiana, were there? No. So they called a timeout after the, um, the play where Cleveland scored. Mm-hmm. So they had ample time to set up a play yep then they had the half court set they couldn't call another timeout yeah see that was where that's where the commentators were saying they should have called a timeout they didn't fucking have another timeout that, okay and that's what i that's what i thought too that yeah, was, it was really it, it was really aggravating because you've seen it you see it all the time out of these star players just taking the game in their own hands yeah but they don't have to do with it when there's pressure on them you know like no <laughs> i don't know it was, it was frustrating to watch <laughs> You know what they needed? They needed Rakeem Christmas in there. <laughs> did not play a coach's decision. You know, you're 0-1 when you did not play due to your decision. <laughs> Rakeem Christmas, game two, game winner. Yes! Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's happening. Hype. <laughs> you know, here's the, the secondary storyline is Lance is back, right? Mm-hmm. Lance had a really efficient game. Had a couple wide open threes that he shanked, and that's probably because he doesn't shoot threes. Jeff Teague is a miserable like three for ten, <laughs> you know, like like the rest of the team is nothing, right? Mm-hmm. It is a hundred percent in Paul George's court, Paul George's hands. He needs to take these games over. He needs to con- control every possession, like it fucking matters. Yeah, and and I don't think that he didn't play like it mattered. He just didn't bring enough. Yeah. Like you have to bring more against Cleveland. This is this is the team that's probably going to take the Eastern Conference. So yeah. you have to you have to bring that amped attitude. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it's game over. In terms of keys to the next game, sure. Miles Turner needs to be more involved. Mm-hmm. Ma- uh, 
Jeff Teague needs to not be Jeff Teague of old and be this new cutthroat Jeff Teague. Yeah. Drive, get contact, go to the line. Help Paul George out any way he can. There's a bunch of playmakers on this team that can't playmake anymore. Yeah. They're all like aged out <laughs> playmakers. So many, so many aged out playmakers. So run through Paul George, your star. Yeah. And help him out. Yeah. And Paul George, take take charge of this. Take this game. You know, by the horns and fucking run it. That's your game plan. Don't play all this other crap. Don't play Aaron Brooks at all. Don't play CJ Miles at all. Don't play him. He's not good. Ride, you know, trust what you have. Trust your your core. Absolutely. And for the Cavaliers, man, like... I mean, they they know the plan. I don't think we need to roll through that. I mean, they they really have it. They they know they know what to do. They're going to rely on their stars, and it's it's really not more complicated than it's that. It's not more complicated than that. Okay, so let's do predictions predictions for the next game, for game two, which I believe is on Monday. So game two, I think it's going to be actually a stomp by Cleveland. Yes, I, w- I will agree with that. I, I'm going to go so far as to say 10 plus points yeah. d- differential. Easily. I'm, I'll one-up you. 11 plus points. <laughs> Beautiful, Guy. Beautiful. Wow. All right, so that that's game one. Let's uh, let's turn our attention to game two, and that is bringing us to the Milwaukee-Toronto game, which ends up being a little bit a little bit bigger of a spread than actually was in the game yeah. for the most part. Uh, it's a 97-83 win for Milwaukee. Start, let's start it from the top. All right. Um, so, what the what is what do you think the theme of this series is? It's probably how does the Raptors how do the Raptors respond? They're representing the six. Yeah. You know, like how do they rep- respond as a probably the obvious favorite in the series? Yeah, I, th- I think they have to be the obvious favorite at three. But I think there's I think there really are two themes. One is one is the strength of the Raptors, and if the Raptors are playing their true playoff ball potential and the other one is just what can the greek freak do to to lead milwaukee yeah um yeah further distilled i would say it's the stars of greek freak and length versus all-star paul uh, all-star kyle lowry all-star demar Derozan. yep um i believe a former all-star serge Ibaka. You know? Yes. Okay. So three versus one. Like there's an obvious discrepancy <laughs> there. Yeah. Also, the team looks very stacked as a five unit, a five man, six man unit, versus I think Milwaukee, which is just Giannis and right, Giannis and others. Maybe Chris Middleton a little bit. Yeah. Maybe Greg Monroe here and there. Um, I believe that's right. Anyways, they're they're starting two rookies, by the way. Yep. President Brogdon and uh, Thon Maker. <laughs> yeah. And they have like fourth year Tony Snell, like Tony Snell and Thonmaker look alike, and it's like impossible <laughs> to tell them apart. You know, and uh, Chris Middleton, who's great for a few jumpers, but if you shoot 15 times and make four of them, you're not that efficient, right? So, what does Greg Freak do? He fucking scores 15 points in the first quarter. He goes ham in his own game. No one can stop him. Yeah, he dunks just, over everyone. He's such a dominant, like just such a dominant player. But he's he's dominant in every every capacity here yeah. because i mean <laughs> he's playing guard he can play forward and, and i got i got schooled on this by the way that's why i'm bringing it up for all of those who were with me today um 
but I mean, he can do point, you know, points, assists, boards, steals, blocks. Right. Like literally, the man can go across the spectrum, and that's that's the type of game that he brings to Milwaukee today. He's a stat stuffer that matters. Like most stat stuffers are kind of on empty stat teams, right? Like, yeah. They kind of do it all, but they do it all because they're the only one who can do it all. He's found a way to kind of do this as a guard, right? Like, and and that's what's so unique about this team until they figure out how to stop Giannis as a seven-foot fucking point guard, how to stop that. <laughs> like, you don't, you know? Um, it's, cra- it's crazy to me. You know, he was like fucking seven for ten, like, in the first half. Oh, my God. Like, with just dunks, you know? Like... <laughs> It's it's incredible and it's so like unorthodox. But his his turn his turn and jump maneuvers right now, man. Holy shit! Like the ferocity at which he's attacking the paint is outrageous. Yeah, there is no way there is no way that if he's playing at his full potential and gets the backing gets the backing of the other starters on this team that they're gonna go down. You know. They're not going to go down without a fight. I don't, you know, further reading into this from the Raptors side, you know, I don't think the Raptors just didn't bring it this game. They lost, they lost the desire to win. Like after the first quarter when they were kind of down by five to 10 points, they kind of last, they, they lost it. Like they couldn't bring any muster back to bring the game back in control. You know, they had some really emphatic emotional players, but for like small segments, like small little moments. Yeah. Let but, me just break, but, I'm looking at this and I'm kinda like pissed off. Kyle Lowry. Yes. Thirty four yes. minutes, two for eleven, oh for six from three, four points, getting completely stopped by his counterpart, Malcolm Brogdon. Who? Exactly. Well, I yeah, I mean I think you can say that this year, but I, I think the yeah. I think the tides are turning on on saying it like that yeah, for yeah. Malcolm, Bro- Bro- you know, the president. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, four four points from from Lowry. You need him to. They absolutely need him to step up and, and go. So yeah. just nothing. So I mean, we kind of mentioned our our theory for the theme of this is how the Raptors respond. Yeah. So they have Lauer, they have DeRozan doing very inefficient shit. When they are pressured, what do they do? They just chuck. There's not an offensive flow whatsoever. Yeah. We were watching this together. They were just fucking chucking. It was really aggravating to watch. Mm-hmm. And DeRozan, as a three-point shooter, does not exist. Lowry does. Oh. He's their best three-point shooter and was completely not yeah. existent. So how does Lowry, as a recent um, reinstated player... After injury, yeah. how does he become who he was? The all-star Kyle Lowry, like the all-star starter oh Kyle Lowry. Oh, gosh. I mean, that's a, that's so hard to figure out how he, like, really gets back in that mode. But I I thought the, just, just the intention of chasing, mm-hmm. you know, chasing the trophy is, is enough. Chasing the rings. Isn't it? That's what should I. Be. That's what I think should be. So yeah. let, let me take it a little bit different way here. Just in terms of the keys for the Raptors next game, because they got beat down and stomped on this game. Yeah. That Lowry has to perform, but Lowry will perform. I just I think you know this. I think this is an anomaly game, and this. I think we we started talking about this while we were watching the game. And we're like, Lowry's going to go off next game just because of how mad oh, yeah. he's going to be at his own performance. But Valanciunas has to step up as well. Nine points in this game. And Damari Carroll only has five as a starter. They really have nobody 
nobody going off, including your boy Pat Pat. You so, know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Corey Joe and PJ Tucker need to kind of show up too offensively in any small amount of ways that they can, but really. It, you got to see 60 points out of DeRozan and Lowry combined, you know, like you got to see that those numbers. I really think that the length of the Bucks are a huge issue right now. Yeah. You're seeing Middleton taller, lengthier, pretty good defender against DeRozan. DeRozan struggled. You're seeing um, Malcolm Brogdon, who's taller, can't get back down. Lowry's game is backing down guards, you know? Mm-hmm. You're seeing Greek Freak guarding Lowry and DeRozan. Like, that, you can't do anything against that. Like, it's incredible, right? So I feel like without Jabari Parker, they're not at full strength. Yeah. But they're winning. They're winning. And they're crushing. And they're... Com- like, I wanted them to completely just, you know, overthrown the Raptors at their home city. Like, take it out with two minutes left and just fucking go on, go ham, go dunk everything. You know, just, like, blow up the score. Just to show up who's boss. Like, yeah. they didn't do that, but... um. I was so impressed with this game, and it it kind of tainted my predictions, like in terms of uh, accuracy. We'll say, like, sure. I don't know what's the, to happen this series, and if let's say let's go right now, let's see, like, what's what's the prediction here? What's happening game two? I, you know, more of the same. I in I, Toronto. It's so it's gonna be in Toronto. No, I I think I think because of what happened with yeah. Lowry today, yeah. I think this is a complete reversal for Game Two. I I I like the Bucks as being competitive in Game Two, but I think Lowry and DeRozan take charge. I think that I think that Valanciunas steps in here. I I think they prove why they're a three seed in Game Two. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I hope they find an answer for. How to contain Greek Freak, and I believe that in a seven-game series, you might find something. Yeah. You might back off on him a little bit more. Sure. So over time, they will. I believe this is going to be a start of something to come. I definitely think they're, it's like a almost guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Now, Raptors are going to find something. They're going to come away with it. Now, but in terms of like probability of them winning, I still, I still think that. Milwaukee has a chance in Game Two. I, I'm going to go so far as oh, to say, yeah. I'm going to go so far as to say that it's not a it's not on lock that that Toronto's going to win this thing, but I, high high probability that they're not going to let two games in a row go like that again so against go, this Milwaukee. team. Let's go like 70 30 then. You know, like yeah, 70 percent chance that the Raptors will win. I don't know. We facts, can, fat facts, just just <laughs> just rounding, just just a little bit of rounding, but. But I just I saw enough from Milwaukee that it's it's not gonna be like what our third game was, yeah. was today. So, all right, when is that? When is the next game for these guys? Is that Monday as well? I, I, well, I don't know. I wouldn't. Okay, all right, we'll we'll get into. No, oh, we'll just post it yep. or just look at ESPN like the rest of the freaking planet. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's go into game three, but not for long. <laughs> so so game three was a 111-82 win for the Spurs. You know what? I, be, before we get into the actual game itself, I was watching the recap of this game, and, and I was watching, like, within the last five minutes. And I'm like, why isn't anybody in the stands? Well, because because it was, like, a 29-point win. Right. 
people were just they're like in a playoff game round one they're just like nah we've seen nah. enough we, we've we've seen enough and really really thinking about this game the Grizz just didn't have it I think there's there's some interesting storylines but this is this is a 2-7 matchup and you saw why the Grizz were at were at seven and no higher the theme of the series is just two teams in opposite directions one team is 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 led by Popovich and has a a great regular season regimen. You know, everyone falls in line, goes in their pockets, has a play set call for him, but it's all through the offense. And the other team, you know, you kind of rely on your, you know, top three uh, paid players in the NBA, Mike Conley and Marcus Saul yeah. and others, and all the others are injured or forty years old. You know, so <laughs> Memphis has. A huge obstacle to overcome. They just lost their, you know, first team all defense player for the season. And they're starting not Dwayne Selden, but Wayne Selden. You know, <laughs> Dwayne's are relevant. Wayne's don't exist. They exist in Gotham City, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's guaranteed. Can we also talk about the fact that the oldest like <laughs> yeah, the oldest coverage happens in this game where it's Vince Carter, Vince Carter Ginobili. on Ginobili. <laughs> like, like, I mean, it was crazy. It was a throwback to AARP a time where card. I didn't want to watch. You know? AARP cards getting thrown AARP. out everywhere, everywhere yeah. as a result of it. It was this a throwback game. to my father playing, you know, community ball <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, and falling over layups. You know um, what? You know what? You would think in the first round. Of of the NBA playoffs, you would not get any Omans, but we actually we actually had an, a new visitor to the old man uh, to the Omans lounge. A relevant Dwayne, <laughs> the Dwayne Dwedman, <laughs> the Dwayne Deadman. Sorry, <laughs> Dwayne Deadman. So he plays 18 minutes, no points. Ah, terrible. Eight boards though. Not, yeah, yeah. Not... Well, a recipe for success. Recipe for a 28 point blowout. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, he was the only he was the only spur in negative plus or minus. That's hilarious. Um, that's probably why he was pulled so early. Um, uh, Ginobili played 22 points and was was the only player other than Dwayne Denman to not score for the Spurs. That's telling because Ginobili is probably required to score at least two points in a game, and he didn't. You know. <laughs> So that's layups. For, that's push-ups for him. <laughs> Just minimum. <laughs> um, it's hard to really comment on this game much more than Kawhi is great. Oh, God. Kawhi is everything. And he doesn't have to work too hard this series because he has to guard Jamichael Green. He has to guard <laughs> Vince Carter on rotation. He has to guard, you know, the Chandler Parsons on the bench, you know what I mean? So, like, there's nothing there. The ghost of Chandler Parsons. The ghost of Chandler Parsons. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I think a cool a cool storyline that happened in this game particularly was the Grizzlies were up probably, like, 15, 16 points in the first quarter. It was, like, 22 to 9. It was yeah. 30 to 12 or something like that. Sure. And then they were like, fuck it, let's just turn it on in the second quarter. And then they just... Yeah. Time to go home. You know I, mean? <laughs> I left at halftime because this game was so hard to watch. There was hockey in the background. You know, like, we couldn't listen to our own Hubie Brown comment the game. So we're just like, all right, this game is over anyways. Just be done with it. You know, the only thing I like from Memphis in this game is like, I actually enjoy watching Mike Conley shoot. Like he's such a, he's such a pure shooter when he's not taking a, 
not 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 from three, but you know, just a long two, a long two. I I like watching. It was like my moment of zen watching w- watching the playback for him. But man, the rest of this shit was ugly. Right. All right. So thoughts and predictions for game two for these guys. Um. Well, the theme of this series is two teams in opposite directions and that's going to continue to trend in the same direction so my predictions for game two is another 20 point busting by um the spurs over the grizzlies i think this is over in four yeah i said this in the spurs or i said this in the Cavs uh, pacers series that it'll be very competitive but it'll be kind of like over mm-hmm. um this is already over but it'll be competitive in the sense that you know Gasol no. versus Gasol um, there's going to be a cool like 40 point game by probably a Marcus All or Conley sure. game and it could go to overtime you know some of the pundits say this game this this series could go in 6 this goes this no, game in 7 no hell no but this is probably no, a sweep i think it's i think it's a sweep and i do not think it's a competitive sweep i think it's a complete blowout each and every game because popovich is a much fucking better coach here yeah, and they have they have a team that knows how to win yeah that's that's enough i don't want to i don't want to talk about the grizzlies hey peter i told you i told you on nba thursday i wrote to you saying how bad this was going to happen i'm glad you weren't there to witness it <laughs> live yeah, i'm glad you declined our invite <laughs> I, I didn't want to see you cry <laughs> all right let's get let's get into our last game and probably ah it's probably the most exciting game yeah and Probably most impactful game from what I think so. One of the thing, one of the things that happened in that game. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about in this game. All right, so the last game is the Jazz versus the Clippers. Jazz end up pulling this one out, 97-95, thanks to a Joe Johnson buzzer beater lay-in, <laughs> which is so crazy. It's absolutely crazy, but that's what the playoffs brings us. But talking about this game. Obviously, obviously, the big narrative for everybody here, kind of going through this tomorrow, is going to be what happened to Rudy Gobert. What seventeen seconds into this game? Yeah. But let's let's not dwell there. No. But let's let's talk about the fact that they they regrouped. They, they came together. They came back together, and. They had enough to win this thing. They had kind of like a Herculean effort by Joe Johnson, honestly. It was so cool to see him back in his, like, Joe Johnson form. Yeah. You remember him in fucking Phoenix, like, yes. taking over? Um, Atlanta, he was pretty relevant, too. I just want to throw that out there. And yep. I'm glad that they picked up Joe Johnson for this run, you know? They recognized their deficiencies in their roster, and they kind of solved it with George Hill and... Boris Diaw, in a way, Boris Akon Diaw, <laughs> and Joe Johnson. Like, it's cool because in this moment, in this game, they didn't know what they were doing. They were improving. They were improvising because the Clippers were playing outstanding D for whoever they were on, had, had on the court. Yeah. And they just were, like, letting Hayward kind of chuck and just do iso ball. Yeah. And they realized that wasn't working at all. They just gave it to fucking Joe Johnson. Every possession was Joe Johnson. Where's Joe Johnson? Find Joe Johnson. Fast break. Joe Johnson's behind us. So we got to slow it down. We got to slow it down, you know? Yeah. It was really interesting to see. There's a lot of, like, narratives of how Utah played this. But this is the pace that Utah wanted to play at. Slow. Grind it out. Yeah. You know, you're not going to outscore us because we have better shooters than you. You're not going to out-rebound us, you know, bearing the whole Rudy Gobert thing. Yeah. You're, 
we're just going to outpace you with a slower pace. With, yeah, out, outpace you with the slower pace. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have better scores. No, they, they, they do. They do. And I, I think they... I think they proved it. They, proved it. They, they lose a lot of length in losing in losing Gobert, but they still they have enough strength here. So they they still had great performances from Hayward, great performances uh, from George Hill, and you know Favors stepped in off the bench too with 15 points, seven for 10 for field goal. I mean, in an outstanding like 32 minutes, like he hasn't played all season. Mm-hmm. You know that's a big deal. He has hardly played all season, and he came in big time for Utah. M- massive, like, blockouts by on DeAndre Jordan and everything. Okay, so what is the narrative of this series, though? Like, what's the theme of this series coming in? It's just grindhouse, right? Yeah, I, th- I think it's grindhouse, and I, I, I think it's just, it's this notion of, <laughs> it's kind of like who wants it more. more yeah. It's it's who wants it more because the Clippers, the Clippers are just, I, I just don't feel it from them consistently in the playoffs. It's just like, I, I know they're capable of winning. They have the talent. They've been to the playoffs, but they just do not put it together. They do not put it together. And because of just, I don't know if it's just the innate nature of being able to like get through these playoff games or like what the fuck happens to them, but they completely fall out of it in the playoffs and falling out of it this season is 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 a really fucking bad thing for them. Mm. If they if they fall out of it, the impacts, the ramifications of what happens as a result of that are pretty extensive. Both teams have a lot to lose in this series. Like Gordon Hayward, if they doesn't if they don't come out of this series with a you know getting into the second round, Gordon Hayward is an unrestricted free agent. He can go anywhere. Yeah. Um, likewise with most of their you know star studded players that they they brought in. George Hill, including. Yes. Um, the Clippers have been like the Memphis Grizzlies of old. Like the same team, locked and loaded every mm-hmm. season, grinding out the games, and then they're in the postseason and then they don't do anything in the postseason. This is the theme for me is how does Chris Paul respond to the narrative that he already knows and has prescribed himself? Mm-hmm. How does he take over the game? Well, he didn't in the first half. He shot a total of three times in the first half. But he he pulled it to another level, and he was taking over this game, taking over in strides, basically outplaying any of the guards that you had to throw at him mm-hmm. just by being on the court, making taking making threes, taking a little bit of you know crafty suave contact, and then getting an and one lay in floater type of thing. But Joe Johnson responded. Like, that was really cool to see, like, a back and forth of and one, and one, or floater, floater, sure. you know? And this, the storyline of Chris Paul is kind of dissolved or diluted a little bit by this the presence of Utah's bigs. Utah doesn't let you come into the paint. You, you have to shoot from yeah. the outside. And then they have Joe Ingles. As a, an, who is Joe Ingles? He's an amazing <laughs> defender. They have Rodney Hood, a great defender. Knows his pockets. Um, George Hill, one of the better defender, oh, yeah. defending point guards in the league. You don't have an easy way out here. JJ Redick, like, look at his stats. Yeah, he's their gunner. He's their shooter. The three for did six. nothing. Yeah. Uh, if you, if I mean, looking at Jamal Crawford as their sub, he shot like 16 times, maybe had 12 points, but he was stupidly inefficient. Like these guards, they are so well trained in Utah. Mm-hmm. 
it's going to be a rough series for both teams because a Jamal Crawford can easily light up the Utah if he gets going. Yes. No, he... KJ Redick in the same vein. But if they're not consistently getting involved, Chris yeah. Paul has to take over these games. Yeah. And he has to fight this length. And so that's the narrative for me. Is There's some serious, like, yeah. you, you, have to, you have to be taking shots outside of the paint. There's just there's yeah. too much too much size in the paint and we saw just a crazy number of blocks i'm trying to th- i'm trying to look at the, the total number of blocks i think there are four here yeah. they're like eight blocks but they're like a lot of contested shots a lot of contested shots a lot of very very contested shots and deandre jordan had some just like earth shattering blocks in this game yeah. so um yeah it's it'll it'll be really interesting i think i think as we look towards pr- towards the predictions for the next game it's hard it's hard for me to say that utah will win the next game especially with what without gobert but but they might just do it they went small right they had to forcefully go small with Derek favors as the five and Derek favors was boxing out deandre jordan like it was his job It, it was his job and he crushed it. Blake Griffin was rendered useless by Boranake or Borze Condio. Like he had a great first half, but he was irrelevant in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think the only thing he did was just get this loose ball and then kind of flop a foul, you know, and like it made two free throws at the end near the end of the game. Mm-hmm. In an inefficient nine for twenty-one, you know, like twenty-one point twenty-one shot attempts for twenty-six points. Like, that's not great. Yeah. I think the keys for this game is like. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Jamal Crawford, JJ Redick, all these players, you are max players. You're getting mad money here. And you're losing to scrubs like Joe Ingles, right? <laughs> you know, in in, in, in in a lighter side of that. Yeah. But the serious note is fucking own up to who you are as people, oh, own up, as NBA and, players. And as, just play, play like what you're capable of doing. I mean, because I think we started to see some of that from Blake, but... And, and a little bit from Paul, but they're capable of doing even more. Yeah. They're capable of doing even more, and they just have to bring everybody else in. Hey, where's the where's the Paul Pierce, the tickets for the the Paul Pierce uh, World Tour, you know? Uh, 2P? Yeah. <laughs> just uh, nowhere to be found. Three minutes and zero points. Oh, my God. Just awful, but yeah. but you know what? It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch this series. It's gonna be fun just to see what happens. They're gonna beat each other up, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, in the second round with either team. I can't believe I'm saying this, but look at the Clippers bench and look who's actually missing from that. Do you know who I'm talking about? Clippers bench. Oh, Clippers bench. Uh, Wes Johnson. Austin Rivers. Oh, <laughs> he's out here yeah, for the remainder of the season oh, and playoffs. Okay, and they need him. They need him big time because they have one pace. It's Chris Paul. They don't have a guard. They don't have a second guard. Yeah, they have Raymond Felton. Raymond Pizza Felton. Like, <laughs> pizza devouring Felton. He's fat. He's fat like me. Raymond Pizza Felton. He's gonna hate that. <laughs> pizza. Pizza. <laughs> Man, I didn't know you would go so deep as to bring up as to bring bring up Raymond Pizza Felton and also bring up the fact that Austin Rivers is just nowhere to be found. Raymond Hot and Ready five dollar pizza <laughs> Felton was not hot and ready. 
I think you could go all night with Raymond Pizza Felton jokes, yeah, yeah. but we should probably uh, probably wrap this up. Snip it in the butt. Um, all right, that's gonna wrap up. Unless you have any other thoughts on this series, Game Two. I think it goes Utah. No, Game Two I, goes Utah. I think I'm gonna go the other way. I think it goes Clips. I I think the Clips are gonna retool, and the Clips are gonna be much more competitive in Game Two. Right on. So. I think that will wrap up in terms of what's happened day one. Yeah. We have a blockbuster for day two. Hit, hit me up, man. So we have Hawks and Wizards starting right away at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. It doesn't stop. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't stop. Just just keep watching ball. Just keep watching ball. You'll, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, Trailblazers take on the Warriors oh at 1230 God. tomorrow. At 3.30, the Bulls and Celtics. This Where are you going to be when this game is on TV? I, MTG. MTG and I are watching that game. Yeah. So that one is going to be fun. And then the Thunder and Rockets. This whole this whole day tomorrow is so good. But really, those, those two games in the evening yeah. are the best. Oh, yeah. Because I think the Wizards... So I... Thoughts and predictions for tomorrow. I think the Wizards are, Wizards will be a blowout versus the Hawks. The Warriors Warriors blowout. are going to curb stomp the Trailblazers. And you know what? I don't care who hears that. Yeah. Um, you know the I I'm more controversially I'm taking the Celtics over the Bulls, but the Bulls can play very competitively. But this is Chicago, and expecting high performance out of Chicago. That's something that I'm not going to stake my money on. Paul Zipser has just been found off those milk cards. You know I mean? <laughs> he, he, you know, he has to reintroduce himself to his friends and family. God, and this, this last one. This last one is probably my favorite game of the entire first round. Like, my, my favorite matchup of the entire first round. Can you, can, you, can you recall, really quick, a greater first round matchup than this? No. No, I don't think so. I I can't because that this this is truly spectacular in terms of who's yeah. who's playing what what the stakes were in the regular season right. and now you add the add just a level up to it yeah. from what's happened in the playoffs or what what what's about to unfold in the playoffs. No, this this is going to be fun. Okay, so we got the Wizards, we got the Dubs, we got you have the Boston Celtics, I have the Bulls. Taking game one, uh, game one, Thunder Rockets. I'm going Houston. I'm going OKC. Oh, I'm going with your oh. boy MVP, man. I still like my boy, but like, I feel I feel like this is gonna. It's gonna be so damn. Sit tough. down. It's gonna be so. Be humble. <laughs> it's gonna be so contradictory. Just end on that. Just end on that. So hey, we're gonna be back. We're gonna be back tomorrow with a recap for all the games from Sunday. So stay with us every this is, day. This is Hondo and Gee for RTP. This has been a Vencast Studios production. This has been a Vencast Studios production. This has been a Vencast Studios production. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, that's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.